you know, when, when we first started, when God laid it on my heart that we'd start, you know, reading through the Bible as a church together, and, and I, I told you that I'd preach something out of this, I got to be honest with you, the first thing I thought was I worried a little bit. I thought, well, wow, am I going to be able to get something every week out of this that I can bring to you? And, and I found the exact opposite problem. As I'm reading through, I'm thinking, I want to preach on that. Well, I want to preach on that too. And I, well, I, you know, and so, so it's been kind of good. I've really kind of enjoyed it. So I'm hoping that you guys are enjoying it too. Um, we're going to talk about worrying today. We're going to, that's what God laid on my heart. And so if you turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 6, this is what you would have went through this week. Earlier this week, you would have went through on it. And uh, it would have been on page, if you got your, your read through the Bible, it's on page 28, January 8th. So since I wasn't here last Sunday, I gave me two weeks to kind of choose from on it. And, and so I think about worrying. Uh, worrying is something I think that, that, is, that really affects everybody. You know, you think about this church. This church was founded in 1891, and I think that there's probably been some times in this church's life that it's worried about what's going on. How is God going to provide for this need? But here's where we're in 2018, and yes, I know the year this year. I was off a little bit two weeks ago, wasn't I? I was ready to do the year over again. But God's always provided. God's always taken care of that. And, you know, with, with worrying, one of the problems with worrying is the fear of the unknown. The fear of, of, of not knowing what is going to be coming and what, what is going to be gripping in our life, what is going to be poured into us, and, and what are we going to do about it. Um, I, I think about things that I can't control. I remember when I was growing up and I was going to school, I was worried about, well, if I didn't have the right shoes, what would they think? Or, or if I did this, what was someone else going to think? Or if I acted a certain way or if I was friends with something, I, there was always this worrying that was in my life. Uh, I did sports, and I, I ran. I was into cross-country and track quite a bit, and, and I know I don't look like it now, but I used to be pretty fast. Pretty fast at the table now. But, uh, but I was pretty fast, and, and, uh, and I used to worry about, well, what happens if I got a cramp when I ran, or when I did that, if I didn't stretch well enough, or if I got hurt, and those were things I, I was doing. Uh, the problem with fear is fear can be crippling. It could stop you in your tracks. And it can really just weigh you down where you feel like you have the weight of your shoulders. I remember just different things in life. Uh, I, one of my best friends growing up, his name is Brad, and, and, and they lived in Wheat Ridge, Colorado, and they lived in an old farmhouse. And this farmhouse, I want you to know, I've got pictures of this farmhouse where everything around this whole town that's around this was all farmland for that farm. And it was an old house. And when I was in that house and I was around other people, I felt fine. But man, if I went upstairs and I was the only one there to run up and grab something, I got to be honest with you, it kind of creeped me out. And I grew up in this house. You know, we were friends from seven years old. And uh, it's funny, when we, we went to visit one time with my wife and, and we went to go to the door and I went to open up the door and walk in, I haven't been there for years. Jenny goes, aren't you going to knock? I said, I don't know, I never have. And so I knocked on the door, and Brad's mom, Sue, came out and opened, goes, what are you knocking on the door for? Come on in. And I looked at my wife and said, see? You know, but, but it, it was one of those things. I remember when I was really small, man, I tell you what, I used to get frightmares. 
Man, I'm telling you what, I had, you know, there's people in my room. Remember the movie Monsters Incorporated? I think the reason why that resonated with so many people is because everybody felt like there's something under their bed at some point. And I was that. I remember waking up, you know, where you were so scared and so fearful that, you know, if you scream, nothing came out. And that's the worst kind of screams. You're like, okay, great, I'm screaming and no one hears me, right? And, and I remember if I wake up and, and how I started taking care of that as I got older, and it bothered me for a while. I'm just being honest with you. I would pray, God, please, when I close my eyes, let there not be any more of this. And then as I got older and I became more prayerful about it and everything, I didn't suffer from those things. But fear, I'll tell you, fear can be tough. Fear can be a tough deal. I don't even know. Do you guys know that fear and worrying, those kind of things, do you know that they will affect your health? One, they'll wear you out, fatigue. Why? Because you don't sleep. Because you're worried about what's going to go on, what's the next thing that's going to happen, and you worry about those things. Uh, your digestion, having problem eating. That'll affect. It is not a weight loss. Okay? But that's another thing it'll affect. It'll cause you, if, if you're younger or, or you have a problem with acne, it'll cause you to break out. It'll affect your memory. Because you're so worried about it and focused on something, you'll forget things that people told you. And it'll affect your memory. Affect your weight. As it affects your digestion, it also affects your weight. On there. And don't look at me when I say this. It'll cause hair loss. What you guys laughing about? It's called male potter, pattern baldness. So, but, uh, you know, it'll affect your hair and everything. I don't have a worrying problem. I want you to know that. I do have a hair problem, though. So, hey, we're all right with that. But, but you know, the neat thing about reading through our Bible is whatever's going on in your life, God has an answer for it. God has in his word, God's known what these things were that we were going to deal with in life, and he's put them in the book. And that's one of the reasons why I, God laid it on my heart to say that let's go through as a church, let's go through this Bible together. Let's go through this word of God and see what it is. And the neat thing I've always seen about the Bible when I've read in my Bible, it's funny, I'll read something, I'll get in a conversation with someone else later on, and, and it's so crazy that it'll be what I just read, and they'll look and I'll say, but you know, the scripture says this, and they're like, man, this guy knows a lot about scripture. No, I just knew that day. You know, that's what God gave me that day. Sometimes he gives it for me. Sometimes he gives me it for you. Sometimes he gives it to you for someone you're going to walk into that day. That's how God works. He's awesome. So I want you to go, and I told you in your Bible, the passage I want to go into, uh, the, the title is, is No Worries. No Worries. And, and in your Bible, in, in Matthew chapter 6, I want, to, I want to read something there, and then we're going to pray. It says, uh, in verse 25, we're going to read to the end of the chapter. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what will you will eat or what you'll drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store up in their, away in barns, yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? 
Verse 28, it says, and, and why do you worry about your clothes? See the flowers that in the field and then they grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet, I tell you, not even Solomon in all the splendor was dressed like any one of these. If that is how God has clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow and thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, they run after these things, but your heavy Father knows the needs that your needs for them. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble in its own. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we thank you. Just thank you for your word. And, and I, Lord, I thank you for, for just how you speak to our hearts. And how you, how you give us these, these words that you've written to it. And you've written just for me and you told me not to worry. And I thank you for that. Lord, I also want to take this moment and lift up the people that aren't here today. There's many people that are here that aren't here today because they're sick. And they're dealing with these colds that are going around. And Lord, I pray that you would, uh, uh, one, give a hedge of protection to everybody that's not sick. And Lord, for all the people that are sick, that, are, that desire to be here, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, lay your hand on them and you would take this, this, these colds and these sicknesses away. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when we're looking at worrying, and we got the scripture, and, and, and even if you have a header in there, it'll say, don't worry, on there, as you're in the scripture. Uh, but one of the things, first thing I want you to look at is, is not worry, not only will we worry, or worry won't change a thing. When we start to worry, and we start to try to bring these things up and everything, as much as I worry about it, as much as I dive into it and everything, it really has no effect on it. The only person that's really damaging is me. Not only will uh, worry and change a thing, it will add to your stress. i got enough stress in my life. I don't need to pour more stress on top of it by worrying about things. There's a lot of things that, that every now and then we've got to come to a point and understand that there's those things that we can't control. It's out of our control. But I do know one that is in control of what's going on. Everyone in this life will have troubles at some point. You know, by the way, if you were born, which you're here, you were, you're going to have troubles in your life. It's not something that, that is not going to, that's going to be this one thing. Can you guys switch the slide, please? I want you to read, and I'm going to read this to you, and it'll be up on the board. And in John uh, 16, in verse 33, it says, These things I have spoken to you, that, so that in me... You may have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. But take courage, because I've overcome the world. You know, listen. Christ says, listen. You're going to have troubles in this world. That's part of it. But don't worry about that. Don't worry, because, you know, listen. I've already overcome everything. I've already overcome the world. We're going to have troubles in there. Our worrying is not going to change anything on that. The problem with worry is one of the main troubles. Are you guys ready? 
by me adding worry on top of it and pouring onto it, any troubles that I'm having in my life at this point, it's like pouring a more on top of it. So not only am I worrying, but now I'm actually adding to my problem. And what happens with decisions? Are the decisions that I'm making, are they made in the heat of the moment, which I'm going to pay for later? Or are they prayerful decisions that I'm making? Have I taken it before God first and said, listen, God, here's what I have on my problems. Help me make the right choice. Jesus gave two, uh, gave two easy-to-understand examples. He said that we can't worry about our lives. So why worry? In Matthew chapter 26, it said, And who of you, being worried, can add a single hour into his life? I can worry about everything, but listen, I'm not adding anything to it. By adding it, it just I'm not bringing anything to the table. I can't add even, a, even another hour onto my life through worrying about it. He also said, uh, actually in a parable passage in Luke, 6, uh, or Luke 12, 26, it says, if then you cannot even do, um, I'm sorry, if then you cannot do even a little thing, why do you worry about other things that matter? Listen, we try to worry about a lot in life, and we try to do all these different things, like we're going to really change some stuff, but it really doesn't change it. Listen, our worrying is not going to change the things. What we need to do is ask God to swap our worry with faith. Because listen, if we're in Christ and we're walking in his way and we're doing the things that we're supposed to do to it, just as the birds were taken care of and just as the lilies were taken care of, the Lord finds us much more precious than that. He's going to take care of it. So our worrying is not going to add to it. It's not going to change a thing. I've learned in life that faith plays a major factor in my walk. The more faith I have, the better my walk goes. The more I struggle in my faith, the more worry I have in my life, and the harder my walk goes. Faith plays a major factor into it. We need to live one day at a time. Give, me, give us our bread, our daily bread, right? Listen, God gives us enough for today. So why not live today? Today... This Sunday, why don't you live this Sunday for today? For what's going on today, live today. Jesus said right in our passage, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough problems of its own. Just worry about today. Just today. In, Matt, in verse 34, it says, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself each day has enough trouble of his own. Live one day at a time. Listen, take the problems as they come. Don't make yourself new problems that haven't even come yet. Well, what happens if... What happens if I won the lottery? There's a minor problem with that. I don't play the lottery. So we don't have to worry about that one, right? We just need to not worry. And I know you're looking at it and saying, you know, Jeff, 
that's easy for you to get up there and say, don't worry. Listen. Different people in this room have went through different things in your life. And if you go back and you think about each one of those trials that you've went through and those problems you had, sometimes things that were so overpowering, did your worrying have any effect on that? Or did it add to it? What happens if instead of worrying that and adding to it, we just took that day as it came? Or like I was when I was small and I said, Jesus, take it. Lean on him. I read a quote, it says, planning for tomorrow is, is time well spent. Worrying about tomorrow is time wasted. Listen, when I'm talking about not worrying about tomorrow, I'm not talking about not putting away for tomorrow, okay? Planning for down the road. I am not talking about that stuff, but I am talking about the worries that come along with it. Worrying about problems that are coming and all these different things. Listen, we're supposed to be good stewards. And we are supposed to look for tomorrow. They used to teach that in school. I don't know if they still do anymore, but they used to talk about savings, not spending more than you make, putting away for a rainy day. We've talked about that recently for this church, making sure that we put away for tomorrow. That's okay, but I'm not to worry. Because I serve one that's greater than any problem in this world because he's overcome it. Sadly, most people are stuck at what's happened in the past. The past is haunting. For a lot of people, they're stuck in the past and they're worried about it. If we went around this room and we won't do this, and we went to each and every person in this room and said, do you have something in your past that you're worried about that if someone ever found out? One person will look at your problem and say, well, that's child's play. Look what I did. Another person will look at that and go, oh, dude, that's child's play. Look what I've done. And listen, we're not to be stuck in the past. Listen, we're going we're gonna to give, we're going to have the Lord's Supper later. We're going to do communion. And we get this great chance. We get this great cleansing effect that we get to do is we get to go ahead and confess it to Jesus. He said that he's willing and able to forgive us, and not only that, is cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why are we stuck in the past with what's happened in the past when we've already given it to Christ? Listen, if he's already forgiven for me for it, why don't I forgive me? Why don't I quit worrying about what's happened in the past? Because how can I move on to the future when I'm stuck? We need to not worry about these things. We need to kind of go forward and, and do it. In Psalms uh, 68, 19, it says, blessed, is the, blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens. The God whom is our salvation. Listen, every day God is bearing my burdens that I'm dealing with in life. Every day he is picking up my problems, my worries, and he's bearing them for me because he understands that, that as I take these and I keep on piling them down. I'm getting weighted down. I'm getting weighted down. And I'm getting crushed underneath all this worry and all these problems. And I'm getting just crushed. And God says, listen, Jeff, I don't have that for you. He says, listen, here, let me bear your burdens for you. Stand up. Walk in me. Let me bear your burdens. Let me bear your problems. Let me bear all these different things that are happening in your life. Because, listen, I can carry everything. By the way... Here, take this little package. Me, carry that. That's a good deal. I don't care who you are. 
that's a good deal. But here's the thing. We have to give it to him. Psalms just said he bears it for us. You don't need to bear it too. Have you ever... I remember moving, and when my kids were small, they'd say, hey, guys, can, can we help? And you're carrying this box, and they're over there grabbing this little box. And they're like, hey, am I helping? You're like, yeah, yeah, you're helping. You know, and you're actually maybe even picking them up off the ground as you're carrying them, right? But that's how we are. God's carrying that package, and we're trying to be that little kid holding on, going, hey, I'll help you. He doesn't need your help. God's got this. That's a good thing to know. God's got it. We need to believe that God will take care of your needs. This is that faith part again, isn't it? Do you trust God to take care of you? Do you trust God to take care of any need that might arise in your life? Do you trust him for that? If you look back, if you've been walking in this Christian life for some time, you can look back at different points in your life and say, no one else could have took care of that problem except for God the Father then why are you still struggling with it? If you're new in the faith and you haven't done it, you're going to come into a point and you're going to worry and you're going to struggle and everything, but don't worry, you're like that little kid trying to hold on to that box and God's already got it. And you're going to get to the other side and you're looking back and say, man, that wasn't so bad. There's a, there's a portion in your bulletin that talked about the different people that are in the military and, and serving right now. We got a chance to talk to my, my, uh, my boy last Saturday, not Saturday that just passed yesterday, but the Saturday before, and we got a chance to speak to him. And he was worried about some different things that are coming up in his rotation. You know, after, after today, he will be halfway done with boot camp. Four weeks down, four to go. And he's worrying about some stuff that's coming over. And I was like, son, he was worried about his run that is coming. I said, son, don't worry about it. He goes, dad, he goes, if I don't make this, they're going to roll me back. And I'm going to be here longer. I said, remember that time? I said, son, that you and I went out and ran together? That the last time you ran with me because I pushed you too hard? He goes, yeah. I said, you made your time. He goes, no, I didn't. I said, yes, you did. He goes, are you serious? I said, yes. I said, don't worry about that. Push harder than you think you can. Run a little farther than you know you can. And you'll make your time. Don't worry about it. He's got some worries right now. And I told him, don't worry. Everybody does it's in there. Some people just hide it better than others. But God doesn't have that for us. God doesn't have that for us. In Matthew... Matthew 31, I mean Matthew 6, 31 and 30, it says, says, don't worry then. It says, do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek these things. For your heavenly Father knows all the things that you need. Listen, we're talking about staples in life. Uh, Many of you, when we leave out of here, are going to go out and get you something to eat. God's provided that. We have a food pantry that, that this church has, and there's people that use that food pantry, and, and they might look at it and say, well, man, I'm sure glad that First Baptist Church in Crothersville has had a food 
pantry so we can do this has nothing to do with First Baptist Church of Crothersville. It has to do with God's provision is what it has to do. Listen, God knows what you need before you don't. We have a clothing cottage over here. If you walk in there and say, I don't have any money, but I don't have any clothes, they're going to take care of you. Why? Because God has this. God's already got it taken care of. He already knows my needs. By the way, he knows them before I even do. He gives us these examples, these two examples in here, because he wants you to, wants you to know, I got this. I've got this. I already have this. What about the birds he gave in there? Why would he put the birds? We're driving in here today, and, and you've seen, did you guys see all the birds on the side of the road eating the salt from the roads? There's a lot of birds. You think they worry about their meal? Right now, they're enjoying some salt. I like a little salt on some stuff, too. I'm not against that. But he gives us one of that as an illustration on here. He says in, in verse 26, he says, Look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow? Or nor do they reap, nor do they gather into their barns, but yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Listen, he's taking care of the birds. He's provided for them. They're not storing up in barns. They're not putting away for tomorrow. They're not doing all these different things. They're not worried what's in the refrigerator. God's got this. He also talks about the lilies. In verse 28, it says, and, and why are you worried about your clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. You're so much more valuable than these. Listen, in my life, I'm just 47 years old. I'll be 48 in March. I've got to see some really neat stuff in my Christian walk. I've got to see, I've, I have a pastor friend that his son was going to school to a Christian Bible college, and it, it was fairly expensive, to be honest with you. And they got to this point where he was going towards his senior year, and the money wasn't there to keep on going. And, and his son looked at him and says, Dad, what are we going to do about this? He goes, what? He goes, what you know, I want you to do is I want you to pack your bags. I want you to pack your bags I don't want you to worry about it. I want you to pack your bags. I want you to get all the way up ready, and we're going to go. But, Dad, we don't have money. They're just going to turn it around. He says, listen, I believe that this is what God has for our family. I believe this is what God has for you, and God's going to provide it. And that morning that he was leaving to go to college, they've got everything in the car. He goes out and opens up the mailbox, and there's a check in that mailbox for what he needs for that semester to go to school. And you look at it, and you say, but... He knew that check was going. I know for a fact he did not know that there was a check that was in that mail. He did not know that. What did that say to his son? That's faith. That's faith in knowing that God's going to provide. That's how we're supposed to walk. Listen, the birds don't worry about it. The flowers don't worry about it. Why are we worrying about it? Why are we worried about what's going on. We just need to give it to God. You're more valuable than all of those. Here's the problem. When it all comes down onto it, it comes down to a lot of times it comes down to one thing. 
Do you seek God first? Do you seek God first? Is God the first person you turn to? If I got to be honest with you, I would love to be up here and say that I always seek God first. Pinky, every time I seek God first, I would be lying to you. A lot of times, unfortunately, call it a lack of wisdom, sometimes I don't seek God first. And the first thing I do is I go, okay, I got this. And I go through it and everything. And then I get myself in trouble. And then I start praying, God, what can I do here? What's, why did you have this happen to me? And God says, you know, did you seek me first? Had you sought me first, would you still be in the same problem? I don't like that, that answer, by the way. I like to think that God's going to take care of me in anything I do, regardless of how stupid I am, and God's going to do it. That's not biblical. We need to seek God first. Put God first is our first thing that we do on it. In Matthew, verse 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What all things he's talking to? Well, he's talking about what he just said. He's talking about the food, the clothing, the provision, the burdens being bared, all these things that we have just read in this passage. That's what God's doing. He says, listen, if you seek the kingdom first, these things will be added to you. That's scripture. That's God saying, listen, seek me first. As you go in your walk, as you're doing these different things and you're going through it, seek me first. I'm not saying that if you seek God, you will not see any trouble. No, I did not say that. I'm telling you not to worry about it because God's got it though. Even if you have troubles that come into it, cry out to Jesus, give it to him, and he's got this. I've had times in my life there's a situation, I'm not going to tell you exactly what the situation is, is because it doesn't matter. I had a situation in my life that affected me, my wife, and my family. And then we went through it, and i got to be honest with you, I was very angry. I was very angry because it wasn't fair. I did nothing to cause it, but yet my wife and I and my family is in, a, in, a, in troubles that are more so than, than what we really felt we can bear. And so me, as a father, as the provider, the spiritual leader of our house, I want to be angry. So I say, I'm going to do this thing. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read my Bible. If you're angry, don't read your Bible. Because it's not going to help. Because you're going to read your Bible and you're going to look at God so he can take your side, Right? And then you're going to read your Bible, and unfortunately, he's probably not going to take your side, and he's going to go the godly way of things, and which is probably not your way, and do it. So I read my Bible, and, and, and I get to this part, and it says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But God, I got this. I got the vengeance down. I can take care of this. And he says, No, Jeff, vengeance is mine. But God, you don't know. He goes, Listen, you've, he's done more to me than he's ever done to you. The world's done more to me than they'll ever do to you. I understand. He goes, I've got this. I will take care of this. And so finally, my fighting back with God, and by the way, when you fight God, you're going to lose. And finally I said, yes, Jesus. I said, okay. I am going to give it completely to you by faith. I'm just going to say it's yours. And what happened was something pretty incredible. God took care of, not immediately, it was over a period of time, God took care of every little piece of that problem. 
every little piece of it. What he did in that process is he preserved not only my testimony, but my wife's testimony, my testimony of our family. Took care of it completely. And by the way, the person that was involved is my friend still. Had I got involved in that, I would have destroyed it. God's got this. God's got it. He can bear our burdens. He knows what's right. He can deal in hearts more so than I ever can do. God's got it. But I've got to cry out to him. I've got to turn it over to him. That's where it ends. If I want these things added to me, I've got to give it to God for me to be able to do those things. Listen, everything in life, it seems like, the older I get, learns, I learn it comes into a step of faith. And here's how faith works. God will give you enough faith to make the next step. Then he'll give you enough faith to make the next step. Then God will give you enough faith to make the next step. And he keeps on doing that. We look at it sometimes and think that you're jumping into a pool of faith and it's going to... A lot of times he gives us enough for that day. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. By the way, don't really worry about today. Just give it to Jesus. Seek him first. Seek him first. How many times in your life do you think that if you would have cried out to Jesus up front before everything happened, instead of crying out to him like often we do at the very end of it after you're in the middle of your turmoil and problems, if you would have cried out first, how do you think it would have been affected? Do you think you did a better job than God? I've had some hard times in my life. It wasn't God's fault either. No need his help on problems. I got it covered. Listen, God does a lot of things. God allows things to come in our life because one of the things he's doing is he's refining you. He's polishing you. There's times that they, there's things that happen in, my, in our life that God was preparing me for ministry, preparing my wife and my kids for ministry, and we didn't even know it at the time. And that we've had to deal with other people now through ministry. And, and we've went through something and we've been able to say that, listen, brother, sister, we understand what you're going through. And they look at you and says, listen, we've walked the same thing you're walking right now. Why did I go through it? Because God was going to use it for someone else that was weaker in the faith or growing in their faith so that they can be faithful and see what it happens to be to walk by faith. It's not always about you. But everything's about him. Everything. This church has got to decide, make a decision to make today. Are we going to walk by faith? Are we going to give it to God as we go forward and see what happens? Or are we going to worry about tomorrow? You and your family have got a choice to make today. Are you going to walk by faith? Or are you going to worry about tomorrow? Your worrying doesn't change tomorrow, by the way. It's still going to come. Or are you going to give it to Jesus first? Seek God first in what you do. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter what kind of hurt you have in your life. It doesn't matter what habit you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what hang-up you have. 
God can fix all your hurts, your habits, your hang-ups. But you got to seek him. Don't worry about what your brother and sister in Christ is going to go through or what they're going to think about it because you know what? They're probably dealing with the exact same thing you are. There's churches that have fallen down because of pornography, alcohol, infidelity, destroying churches and everything. Ministries that have been crushed because they've been worried about what someone else is going to think. And they say that, listen, I'm going to follow because this is what this person says instead of this is where God's leading me. Churches that have hurt communities because of things like these things. Listen, we have to call on the line. This, I'm so glad that we are having communion today because this is, gets us a chance to actually give this all to Jesus today. And as we walk forward, we don't have to walk in, in the past. We don't have to walk in what's happened. We don't have to worry about what's going on tomorrow. What we can do is we can just say, yes, Jesus, today, and seek him first. I promise you, if you seek God first in your life, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what you're dealing with, he is going to take care of your problem. Well, how do you know that, Jeff? You don't know my problems. I know my problems, and I know that God's got it. Listen, the Bible, is it a bunch of made-up stories? Or is it God's inerrant word? Listen, it's all right, or none of it is. Because if it's not all right, that means that I am the moral compass for what's right and what's wrong in the Bible. I believe that salvation is by grace. I believe that if I trust Jesus as my Savior, he said, John, he said in John 3.16 it says, uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so it says, listen, if I want to have everlasting life, I need to believe on Jesus. He said, if I confess my sins to him, he's able and willing to forgive me and cleanse me from it. Also said, John 14, 6, said, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I, so if I want to go to heaven, I have to do it through Jesus Christ. It's pretty simple. He is the bridge. I believe that. For that to be true, though, that means that Genesis is true. Numbers. That book of Leviticus that all you guys are just dying to get to right all of it's true every little bit of it is true listen everything we're dealing with in life regardless if we think it's a new problem or not it's in the book let's make a decision today and we're going to say today we're going to say that i am not going to worry about this anymore let's draw that line in the sand and say today i'm going to seek jesus first and that's what we're going to do. I'll do a, an, a, an, an invitation here at the very end. If I could, we're going to go ahead and just move right into our, our uh, communion here. So if I could, I want to go ahead and get the deacons to come forward. And then we're going to pass out the communion. And we'll talk a little about this. Um, if you're visiting with us, um, if you are 
a born-again believer, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, then you are more than happy, you're more than welcome to, to, to do this with us. Um, we don't believe in a, a closed communion, which is only this body on it. So if you're, if you're with us and you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, I'm going to ask you to let it pass from you. If you've got something in your life that you think that maybe I need to not take communion, then I would have to tell you something different. I'd have to say that this is a time in your life that you can say, cry out to Jesus, give it to him, lean on him, confess whatever it is that's in your life, and then you will be worthy to have the offering to take this, all right? So I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to pass it out, and then I'm going to read the passage. We're going to just do it, do it a little bit different than what we have in the past. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for, I thank you for uh, this, this, this bread and, and this juice that we're going to take today as, as we think of you. And, and just what it is that you've done in our life is this is a reminder of those things, of your provision for us, your flesh, your blood. And Lord, I, I love you and I thank you. And I just pray that you would bless this day. Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you would, look, I'm going to go ahead and get you guys to start. So the, the Lord's Supper, this is one of the, one of the two um, ordinances given to the church. One is baptism. Um, we recently got to do that. Uh, I'm looking forward to filling that baptismal all the time this year. I'm, I just know that God's going to do great things. And, and the other one is the Lord's Supper. And in your Bibles, if you have them with you, if you go to 1 Corinthians, and I know they're passing out the bread and they're passing out the juice right now, And in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 11, and verse 23, through, I'm going to read, it says, For I received from the Lord that which was also delivered to you. Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was portrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of the supper. And the cup is, my, is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until it comes. Therefore, whenever you eat the bread or you drink the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, you should be guilty of the blood and the body of Christ. But a man must examine himself, and in doing so, so that he eats the bread and he drinks of the cup. For whoever eats and drinks, drinks judgment unto himself, and if he does not judge the body rightly. So when we're reading these scriptures right now, you guys, once you have them, just hold on to them for a second here until everybody has theirs on it. So right now, as, as you get your cup and you get your, your piece of bread, I would like, we're going to take this moment and, and just a quiet time, and I want you to search yourself. Search what's inside you. If there's anything in your life right now that's separating between you and Christ, this is the time to give it to him. If you have worries in your life and you have problems in your life that you're dealing with right now, what a great time to give that to Jesus right now. Seek God and, and, and let him have that. Because listen, you're trying to carry stuff that was never meant for you to carry. You're trying to hold things in your life that was never meant for you to hold. You're worrying about things in your life you were never meant to worry about. So this is that time that we can do that.
And when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, remember to me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I, I thank you for what you've done on the cross. I thank you for the blood that you shed for me and for everybody here, for this world. Your flesh that was marred beyond recognition. Lord, that, that, that you willingly went to the cross knowing from the foundation of this world what was going to happen. Lord, I'm thankful for that, that you care so much for me. Lord, I pray that you, would, that you would intervene in each one of our lives and, and that you would take the worries out of our lives, Lord, that you would take the hurts, the habits, the hang-ups that, that, are, that are holding us back, Lord, the things that have happened in our past, Lord, I pray that you would just take care of each and every one of those. Lord, I, I thank you for that. Lord, if there's people here today that don't know you as their Savior, I pray today would be that day that they would say, yes, Jesus. Lord, I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.